Welcome to the Bare Naked ABCs, where we discuss every single Bare Naked Lady song from 7 to Y. And uh, we have two more W songs to cover. I'm What? Not not what? We've we've gone past the what's. Who knew? No, we're past that one. Oh, all right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm getting a little sad as we reach the end of this though. So, you know, someone I'm hoping someone will wrap their arms around me and give me a hug. <laughs> Any volunteers? Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> a really oh, long distance. He though. ran the other way. I guess we're not gonna have him tonight. Oh, oh. He could turn and stay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, tonight I have joining me Betsy and Heidi. Hello, ladies. Hi. Heidi, you're muted. Yeah, I know. I was listening to something. <laughs> Hi, <laughs> everybody. Sometimes I'm muted and I forget, so I thought I'd read really <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> we Sometimes. live in a Zoom world, and I'm a Zoom girl. Not a Zoom girl. Wait. I want to hear that re- that remake. Yep. <laughs> I'll send it right over. But in the meantime, we should probably talk about Wrap Your Arms Around Me. Do you Do you think that you would love me till tomorrow if you could? Would you please turn down the radio so we can speak? I put my hands around your neck. You wrap your arms around me. I put my hands around your neck. Which was on Gordon and also on Variety Recordings. Um, for those who don't know, Variety Recordings was a record that they had put together or their record label put together to release to record station or to radio stations um, to try to get them some more radio play uh, before Gordon was released. I see. I can see. I've never. <laughs> no, I can't see. I had never heard of them before today. Tonight. <laughs> um. Yeah. I mean, they're not. They're not great recordings of it. They're much shorter and and quick. Um. And I'll get into yeah. how this one's a little bit different later on. Um. But yeah, the, I, it, it's basically radio edits of the other songs, which hadn't been read, edited mm. yet. So, um, this song was written by Ed and Jim for the music and then Stephen and Ed did the lyrics it is the sixth song on Gordon right after Yoko Ono and right before what a good boy Um, they have played this song 40 times in concerts going all the way back to 1991 in the uh, the horseshoe tavern not shoebox. Were you gonna say shoebox? <laughs> I think I was. The shoebox tavern. Um, Stephen said during the Variety Recordings inner liner notes that this was based on a guitar part that Ed started playing during sound check one night, and it's a real challenge for them to perform something that's so intimate. But when it works, it's really beautiful and satisfying. 
And I wonder how I much. I, song, yeah. I, I want to say, I'm guessing probably, I know that he said the guitar part came first. I want to say probably a big part also was Ed. I mean, was Jim joining in and adding his parts in soon after because like Jim's Jim's playing in this is beautiful and mm. just like you, you can tell the jazziness of this song that this is definitely highly influenced by Jim. Yeah, I gave it a nice definition. It really kind of filled it out a little. Mm. Oh, I like the way you use that. Yeah, the def the, a good definition is is definitely mm. a great way to, to, to describe that. Mm. Yeah, and it, and it really with with Jim and Tyler starting the song and then also Jim and Tyler, but also adding in the horns, which were conducted or not conducted, but written by um, Jim and Andy um, finishing the song. It really bookends this song really well. Bookends is also a good word. <laughs> it is a good word. There's a word for that. There's there a word for that. <laughs> Uh, I wonder, so how did they outsource the trumpets? I wonder if, if just um, uh, Andy probably knew somebody. Um, well, I think that this came in because they had used a number of horns on other songs on Gordon as well. Hello City. Yeah. Um, and they had brought them in because they, you know, Michael Philip Boyavoda knew everyone in the town at that point. And like they were just calling in favors left and right to to fill this. Um, so we have Chris Howells on flugelhorn and <laughs> Catherine McDonald Stevens on bassoon and Lewis Melville on pedal steel guitar. And then we have Andy playing the triangle, the shaker, the tambourine, the kabasa, the mark tree and the finger cymbals. Wow, that's <laughs> a lot of tingly kind of things. By the, by the way, Heidi, what is a mark tree? A mark tree is, okay, so it's like a long, um, It you could also call it wind chimes. It's like a long yeah. bar and there are, there are graduated size. And so they go and they're very sparkly sounding. But I heard it's, that. It's like, there. it's wind chimes. It's just got a bar and it's got things on the side. And what about uh, Heidi, what's the? What's what's the kielbasa? <laughs> the kielbasa, I call it the oh. kielbasa too. Um, also, a, a fuchsia is um, it's you hold the handle like this, and it's circular on top, and it it's got a metal oh. side, and there are these metal those. beads, and so you play yeah. it by rubbing the beads against. So it's oh yeah yeah, I've definitely so it's seen got that. that sound to it. I'm here I for wish... all your percussion questioning. <laughs> I wish that this was a video podcast because the way you described that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we could make some extra money there. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, well, um, let's set up that Patreon. Yeah, let's set up that Patreon. <laughs> um, Heidi, do you want to give us a breakdown? Um, yes. Uh, this, in my opinion, is some of, I'll discuss this later, some of Ed's finest opening guitar work. Uh, that we hear from him early on uh, in the catalog. Um, the opening really shows some amazing finger picking style. Um, I have it in, I think, 
I want to say C, but it's so it starts off on an what um this might help you what he does is he yeah go ahead it's both ed and steven when they're playing this have this capoed at five yeah right um and as far as yeah it's capoed up at five that is true um uh so but at the fifth capo you're playing like an a minor chord and a c chord but he's bringing down that bass bass line. So it's a A minor chord, then an A minor chord over a B with a B in the bass. So A to B to C. So, um, and he pretty much sticks around this uh, A minor to A to A minor to C, A minor to C, A minor to C, A minor to C. And then until you reach that uh, the chorus where he shifts into an E minor, but he does the same thing here. He goes E minor, then he plays an E minor with a G in the bass, or G flat, excuse me, in the bass, and then a G flat to a G to a G flat. So it kind of goes bum, bum, bum. Like it, the bass of uh, the sixth string of the guitar is shifting between the second fret and the third fret. Um, and then where you get into that, um, it's it's still a verse, but it's really different in my because of the way he sings it. Mm -hmm. So we have the verses. I concede you were right about this place. I can make perfect likeness of your body if I trace. And so he sings it that way. But when he gets into that after the um, I the regret chorus, I regret every time I raise my voice and that shifts it. He uses the same chords. But the way he sings it almost makes you think he's shifting a key there, mm -hmm. which he does not. It stays in the same it's the same chord progression. Um, so but it's basically it's it sounds it's very minor. Um, and I think it is actually I want to say it is an A minor now that I think about it, because then he'd be going from a one chord to a major three chord, which makes sense. So I'm thinking if Aaron were here, he would concede to my opinion. Um, I don't know. That, I can't see. He would concur with you. You're right about this breakdown. Um, but a minor one with the A minor to the major three with the C. And then when he goes into put my hands around your neck, you wrap your arms around me. Uh, that's the E minor. And he sticks with that chord. So in A minor, that's a, a five, minor five chord in that key. So that makes total sense to shift to a five in the chorus from the one chord um, for those music geekies out there. Um, and he just stays in E minor. He doesn't change the chord. What he does is again, changes what he's doing on the sixth string by going open to second to third to second. So he's just, it's almost like a walking bass line there. Bom, 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 bom. Um, so it's really neat the way that he does that, but it's, it stays right in that uh, A minor wheelhouse. So that's the basic breakdown. It's the, as far as form goes, um, you've got verse one, verse two, then you've got the chorus, which is only one line repeated four times. Put my hands around your neck, you wrap your arms around me. Put my hands around your neck, you wrap your arms around me. But I love the rise and fall of that melodic line. Put my hands around your neck, you wrap your arms around me. 
put my hands around your neck, you wrap your arms around. So that that melodic contour is very interesting, even though he's not changing any words, which I really think is interesting in terms of this particular song and the meaning of like whatever he's, his intention is, um, that repetitive nature. Then you have the next verse, which again, sounds like you're changing key, but you're not. Then there's a little repeat of the intro, that and then he goes back into the original verse um that first verse has a reprise there i concede you were right about this place so it's really simple but it sounds really really not simple mostly because of the brilliant guitar work and the other work of the other members of the band and the harmonies oh my gosh the harmonies are some of the the greatest stuff we heard on that first album i mean this is these harmonies have got to be like one of the reasons that paul mccartney said that that he thinks that bnl have better harmonies than the beatles did because they are just (laughs) gorgeous in this song Mm, pretty high praise by the way yeah yeah (laughs) andy also said i would i would sing and play with them anytime and that's never happened Sir Paul, we know that you listen. It has yet to happen. <laughs> well, I mean, there's not much time left at this point. Well, everybody's still alive. <laughs> um, I one of the things I did note is like Andy is doing so many things in the song, but those like once I knew what he was playing and listen to the song again it becomes really evident that with all these little extras it's really obvious like why this song is so full and beautiful oh gosh and tyler's drumming is just perfect it's it's driving this this slow song constantly forward and it's such on the album itself it's such a departure from like the it really breaks the album into that two parts because mm. you have the quirky stuff then you get brian wilson which is a slight departure there but that's still it's still very bnl like um and then you get back to be my yoko ono and crazy but then this really slows it down and mm. it's like whoa they can be super serious here and they follow that with what a good boy. And then they go crazy again with bedside. So it's like, and then they, they go crazy, 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 crazy. When we talk about <laughs> albums and stuff, and then they go to blame it on me and the flag. And it's like, what the shit just happened with this album? It's like, it's really, really interesting. Well, I mean, so <laughs> uh, Steven did have a remark about that when he was doing um, Live From Home. Um, and the first time he played this song, he did the whole Gordon album. Um, and his his statements were two ballots in a row. That is how you sequence an album when you have never sequenced an album before. <laughs> he also points out that this is the first time that we hear Ed on this album. He's like, there are two lead singers of this song and we are six songs in before we finally hear other than like in harmonies or or kind of in a duet we actually hear the other singer yeah (laughs) and it's a weird choice of song to hear ed for the first time 
But he sounds so good doing it. Oh, but it is yeah. such a shift because he's usually kind of more the the Joker. But but in saying that, I'm looking through here and going, well, what song did does he lead that I would then be like, let's that I would put that first. The only other song that he is the lead on for this album is crazy. Oh, this is a very Stephen heavy album. Oh yeah, it is. Hello City. I mean, I'm not complaining, but mm-hmm. it, it it he really wow. brought to to the obvious and to the front exactly how little we hear of Ed on this album by himself. Yeah, Hello City, Ina, Grade Nine, Brian Wilson, Be My Yoko Ono, Wraparounds Around Me, What a Good Boy, King of Bedside Manor. Yeah, it's very Stephen Central. Yeah. <laughs> I'd never realized it before, but wow. But, yeah, me either. But the in this particular song though is is so different on this album mm-hmm. in the amount of different um instrument uh, like the the variety of instruments we hear mm-hmm. on it if you listen to this with headphones in the dark i know it sounds creepy right but i'm reminded of like the first time and i think i've discussed this on the podcast before but the first time um we couldn't afford like stuff when I was a kid um, and I got a knockoff um, Walkman for Christmas one year and like one of the cheapo versions and I was listening to um, oh, what was the album it's a Phil Collins album the solo album and I was in probably seventh grade and there's a song on that album I think it's the roof is linking mm-hmm. and the roof is leaking and the wind is howling kids are crying because the sheets are so cold i and i had it on with those crappy headphones back in the like back in the mid 80s folks we didn't have the crazy good sound um that we have with earbuds and airpods and those things today but i put those on when i was going to bed and i remember just my mind was blown at some of the other things I could hear because I had shut out the light and I was just focused in in my ears. I couldn't hear anything else. And it was ma- it was one of those magical like what do they call it in um in that movie uh with the the characters that are like a core memory. Um yes it was a inside core, out. It's a, inside out. That was uh, a yeah. core memory for me. Um I'll never forget that little seventh grade girl sitting with who listened to Phil Collins as a seventh grader in the mid eighties? Like, especially those early albums. I was gonna say, um, by the way, that's face value, his first one. Face value, that's right. Cause that was the first cassette tape. That's right. Thank you. First cassette tape that I had. And I listened to that over and over. And when I listened to this again, I listened to it um the last couple of days with headphones, with my earbuds in. And listening to that shift with the flugelhorn into that like kind of jazz sound, um, the da, 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 it, it brought me back that whole section with all that was going on with what Andy was doing with a variety of percussion things and just the harmony. And also, for some reason, the way they mixed it sounded so like it was bouncing 
off the, the wall. It's, it had a reverberation to it when they hit those harmonies that was just so disturbing um, and so real. And so that's, that's this song is always stuck with me. Yeah, the, the the harmonies actually make this sound so much sadder. And I don't know how you could probably tell me or if this is true or not. I'm guessing that the harmonies are coming in strongly on the minors, and that that maybe that's why. But man, oh man, it, it hits you right in the feels. Do you think that you would love me till tomorrow if you could? Would you please turn down the radio so we can speak? And it really does demonstrate how tight Stephen and Ed also, how their voices together are like, were magical in this. Um, There's some amazing levels. I think it just makes it so much more beautiful the way their voices and all the instruments blend that it makes it that kind of more like bittersweet and kind of, it just really draws you in. Well, and Andy yeah. and Jim have this also this ability, like when all four of them are singing the the four part harmony that they're able to pull off in the way that all four of their voices blends so amazingly, yeah. is one of the things I love about this album. Well, in this one, it's like almost like hauntingly beautiful, but also mm. kind of sad. Perfect word. And I was just thinking, to look at like the the album again. It is so bipolar like it doesn't besides like i love you and if i had a million dollars everything's like crazy high energy or like (laughs) sad ballad (laughs) so that must be incredibly difficult to kind of like balance out without like shifting people's emotions all over the place and it does i mean you got grade nine into brian wilson into be my yoko ono into wrap your arms around me (laughs) yeah but there's also such a great um, ebb and flow, I, I, like especially like this mark right here in that three twenty to three forty section, mm-hmm. where you've got Jim on that bass line, and then the flugelhorn is subtle, and that's the thing; it doesn't overpower. But then Ed brings up the acoustic, and it just marries each other. Your flugelhorn's almost like a bird flying over. Yeah. Or something. It's very like poetic and so poetic that's such a great yeah. word for it too betsy like you're nailing the words tonight my friend um but it that just puts really you in that job. zone like it's and it's not like you know um jam bands like grateful dead dave matthews and stuff where they can go on forever like that little section you're like oh my gosh i just want that to just keep going mm-hmm. and fade out like it's just so good because it's not one trying to be the best or one that's the main it's just working together and they're almost like it's it, they're just playing off from each other and having a conversation mm, like yeah. the flugelhorn is having a chat with the guitar player it's almost like they're characters within the story and then tyler well, and is bassoon. so brilliantly subtle and the bassoon yeah. 
I mean, it's just, it's, it's a really magical, that 20 seconds or so is, I think, my favorite in the song. Well, and, and you don't get the flugelhorn really doing a full solo until it's already starting to fade out. But then it makes you really want more like, oh, I w- give me more of that. I-, I want that bassoon and flugelhorn going. Yeah, it's like a little jazz improv thing going on. Yeah. I dig it. It's almost a Brothers Cregan song after that fake ending that happens around the like three three and a half minute mark or a three minute mark. Like there's this mm. fake ending, and then the outro comes in, and I'm like, I could just listen to a whole album of just that. Yeah. And then we do if you ever listen to Brothers Cregan. <laughs> <laughs> To be continued. <laughs> Just seeing what other notes I have. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house. And my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Yeah, because I'm curious what you guys think about the meaning behind it, the lyrics. Yeah, let's let's get to the meaning behind it, because I want to get to other versions of this at some point, but let's go to the other meaning first. I mean, the meanings first. Um, <laughs> I, I will say that the first line of this song, I always misheard. Um, yeah. And in it's it's very uh, like homo homo homonym homophone. Uh, no homophone. You're right, homophone. Homophone. Yeah, that... be careful with your words for a second. <laughs> that... Homophone. <laughs> <laughs> that that I concede. Yes, you were right about this place. I always thought was I can see that you're right about this place. Same, same. I always thought that it was that, even though I had the liners and the lyrics and everything, and I still could not convince myself that it was concede. Yeah, because you don't just hear that word every day. (laughs) No, but even it still makes sense. I can see Mm -hmm. that you were right about the same place. I can see that. 
same, like it's I, I had one more thought before I forget um, mm. that what other song the last pretty much two minutes and a minute and a half are just no more words. Well, Brian no, Wilson. Bless, bless, yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. But this is a long like it's mm -hmm. like, wow. OK, are they going to come back in again? Are they going to sing again? No, it just kind of fades to black. So, yeah, that's right. They like um, to do that on this album. Yeah, they do. Um, but it makes sense also for this song. Yeah. In terms of like what whatever you think it means. So what do you to believe that this means? I, I heard many theories and, and I would like to talk about the many theories, but I want to see what you guys think first. Oh, you have heard many theories? Okay. I wouldn't say many yeah, theories. Yeah. I would say varying theories. Okay. Well, I intentionally kind of didn't look up a lot unless I came across it while I was like just listening to the music. Um, do you want to go first, Heidi? Do you want me to try to go? You go, girl. I got, I got scraps. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the narrator, whoever this is, it, it makes me wonder if he had a rough upbringing because, um, in the second verse, it says, it sounds like he's like questioning his, like his worth when he says, do you believe that we're an all, all innately good? Um, do you think you, you could love me till tomorrow if you could? Um, and then turn on the radio so we can speak. So like he wants to be heard. He wants to be loved. He wants to be told that he's good. So it makes me think like somewhere in his childhood, he wasn't told that or he had a rough childhood or an abusive home or something. Um, and um, it, the whole put your hands around your neck, like, like it sounds like that's something like he's been conditioned to do or something that's been done to him that's been normalized, like, that's what you do in your household or something. And then the, where she puts her arms around him, she's like supporting him and loving him through whatever mental strife he's, he's going through. So it, it seems like this kind of tortured soul that's trying to have a, a normal relationship, a healthy relationship, but he keeps like fighting all these like demons in his past. Um, so I don't, know if it's like a ptsd thing of a guy that's trying to be in a healthy relationship um and he's trying to like you know that self-talk that's in your brain that doesn't shut off it seems like it's not shutting off for him despite how much he wants to be you know like in a loving relationship i can i can kiss your eyes your hair your neck until we forget so that makes me wonder and also <laughs> i used to work in a mental health facility and a, a method of restraint is actually literally putting the kids you get behind them and you put their arms around themselves and you hold the back mm -hmm. so they don't hurt themselves mm -hmm. so it's i don't know it, there's like a lot of obviously like, i i mean i don't know what their actual intention is but it just sounds like a lot of mental health struggles going on with this guy who just wants to be happy essentially okay I, I would say that's the middle ground of what i've read so far uh okay. from people okay heidi what about you i i 
it's complicated. This song is yeah. is very complicated. I think it could be taken a few ways. Like I've always thought it to be um, a, definitely a troubled relationship kind of song where um, very much like Stephen has demonstrated in a variety of his lyrical uh, writings. Um, but like he knows the woman he's with, like I that that line, I can make a perfect likeness of your body with a trace. It's not like your body is a wonderland by John Mayer. <laughs> it's like, that's a whole, it's a similar imagery, but very different. Like um, at first you're like, what, it, what is he talking about? I can hold you till you turn out the light and I can't see. I can't see what I've done to you. Um, I I can't see the marks on your neck. I don't see the 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 marks, uh, the marks physical and emotional that I've made on you. But yet we as women always, no offense, Trace. I know you're in this field. Um, always try to we're gonna fix him. Like we we think about like the domestic abuse situations, which I grew up with a lot of that and well he i'm he'll change he said he's gonna change do you believe we're all innately good do you think you will you still love me tomorrow there's that little glimpse of the ronettes there mm -hmm. do you think that you would love me till you till tomorrow uh would you please turn down the radio so we can speak um because she's trying to drown out that stuff and just focus on i don't like that one is the one that i can't quite wrap my head around um, but yeah, a lot of people feel like it's, I wrap, you know, put my hands around your neck, you wrap your arms around me. Like I want to strangle you, but you're going to hug me into submission. You're going to hug me in hopes that I won't be angry anymore in hopes that I can fix you. Um, in hopes that, you know, that, that, uh, my love for you will overpower the negative stuff that you're giving to me so that line i because I, I, I some people have thought you know well you know a sexual thing i don't think so i think it's like you're trying to either strangle me physically or mentally or emotionally or strangle this relationship because you you don't want to commit to this relationship but i love you and i'm going to it's kind of like the restraint where you're like trying to calm a kid down so that they don't hurt themselves um and they're beating on you and you're like i'm just gonna hold you until you break uh break as far as you cry and let this out and let your anger out and all of that that stuff so I kind of thought about it that way. I'm like, I'm giving you this, this anger and violence and you're just continuing to give me love because you believe I'm innately good. You believe in the good in people. You believe that I can be fixed um, or I not fit, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. he yeah. says he's got, I can change him. I can change him. My love for him will change him. How many times do we see that in friggin' Disney movies or, <laughs> or movies like, uh, my love is so great that it will make him a good human mm -hmm. beauty and the beast for Christ's sake. Mm -hmm. You know, if I love this person enough, they will, they will not be angry anymore. Um, because then when he goes, I regret every time I raise my voice, it's that whole, Oh, I'm so sorry. I, I'll never do it again. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. You, the, the, the abuser goes too far every time and then walks it back. 
bangs on the door, honey, let me in, you know, I didn't mean it. I wasn't mad at you. It's not you. Um, and it wouldn't, but it wouldn't be the, that bright of me to say I had no choice to raise, but to raise my voice. Cause you know, better than that, you mm. know, that I'm like, that's just me. And I can kiss you. I can make up to you. I can bring you flowers. I can, you know, make dinner until you forget about that moment, but it's going to happen again. Cause it always happens again. We didn't have the burning bed unless we had this story. If anybody was a, in alive or a kid growing up in the 70s, 80s, you might remember the burning bed, which was the, the famous case of the woman that burned her domestic abuser husband in bed. Uh, there was a movie. Anybody? Do you guys remember that? No. Bed. No, I remember the John Bobbitt. Oh, my God. Yeah, and then yeah. it goes back to, I concede you were right about this place, whether that's uh, this place we're in our relationship this, you know, this, this, this merry-go-round that we're on where I keep doing this to you and you keep trying to, to do this. Oh, it's um, not a mistake that he comes back to that last verse. I, no, again. it's not. And I can hold you till you turn out the light and I can't see. And I think that's it. When you shut off the light, I can't see all of the damage that I've done to you. It's not until the next morning that you wake up and you look in the mirror and you're like, holy, holy shit. Mm -hmm. So it's a morbid take, but that's and, and some people the, took it the, even more morbid than that heidi so strangely beautiful though and it's so sick and twisted and beautiful like those relationships which are not beautiful but the people in them no we're perfectly happy no it's fine i fell down the stairs mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i walked into the door because they love them so much and they think that their love is going to overpower it not that i came from a child of massive abuse and domestic abuse in my family but that's kind of the take i took on it and partially probably because i'm biased towards that opinion of it but i just it's 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 a bizarrely haunting song to me mm -hmm. and and people took it even further than that and said that the narrator of the song actually did kill the object of the song um, which is mm. why it says I can make a perfect likeness of your body if I trace like an yeah, outline. Yeah, like a chalk outline. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Um, I don't think so, though. I, I, I have domestic a... abusers don't kill their spouses. Like, it's rare for it to actually, it does happen. Don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. But but abusers like that relationship because they know that the woman won't leave mm -hmm. and they will continue to do it. I mean, unless they're having an affair with somebody else and then they want to kill her so that they can go off into their own relationship. Mm -hmm. But in many cases, it's this cycle that feeds their ego, feeds that that monster that they have. So you don't want to get rid of that monster or rather rid of that woman that or that man, because it can go both ways, friends, mm -hmm. to to that you have such power and control over. Mm hmm. I, I don't know. I'm not the therapist. You are Tracy. So <laughs> I see where I concede where people um come from with with this definition of the song. Um I have a different take on it, and maybe it's just me trying to be the optimist and and my my slight naivete. Um I my brain immediately goes to flipping the genders. And when I hear, for example, the chorus, I put my hands around your neck, you wrap your arms around me, it is completely innocent. 
because that's what happens when people are slow dancing. The lady wraps their ha- arms around the neck, and then the man wraps their arm his arms around her waist. And I feel like this is not a perfect relationship in the least, um, but I don't feel it's as... I, I feel it's being taken from the woman's point of view. Um, and they're they're dancing or the and and they're having this conversation while they're dancing, thus the would you turn down the radio so we can speak? She's trying to have a conversation with him. The do you believe we're all innately good? Do you believe that you would love me till tomorrow if you could? But he's not allowing the conversation. And that's when she asks, will you please turn down the radio so we can speak? And no, he he wants no part of the conversation. This is not a healthy relationship. Um, brings us to, I regret every time I raise my voice, she's yelling. Why? He's not engaging in the conversation. He's shutting down. He's not not being part of this relationship. Um, and, and she's realizing, like, yes, I'm wrong in the fact that, like, I, I shouldn't have been yelling. I shouldn't have raised my voice. Um, and I'm not going to say I had no choice. I did have a choice in this. However, like you, I, I asked you to turn the radio down. <laughs> I wanted to speak with you. And we keep doing this unhealthy thing of like yelling at each other and then, and then making up and yelling at each other and making up. Um, I kiss your, you know, I can kiss your eyes, your hair, your neck until we forget and then we're back again to that same part again of I can see that you're right about this place. We're back into the cycle again. And yet a few songs later and somebody else, I saw this comment by somebody um, in the flag, mm. a few songs later, he talks about last night. Remember when I tried to choke you, mm-hmm. I didn't mean it. You know, I was drunk. It was only a joke. Like, it's like, that's why I firmly believe once again, somebody in New York who's a producer we have to make a bare naked ladies musical because <laughs> like it's right there. Yeah. The, like this. So I, I don't know. I mean, I wish I could be as optimistic, but possibly maybe because of my childhood and background, I just see it this way, but that's the beauty of our amazing band. Yeah. And this is why Steven would probably, if we even, or Ed, even if we directly asked them about this song would probably not come right out and tell us because they like the ambiguity and they like us being able to, have the conversation around it but in case steven wants to make it um you know make it clear uh, or ed um we would love to hear you know what you're you were really thinking ed and steve so you know we know you listen come on the show i i do want to point out one other line i can make a perfect likeness of your body if i trace it sounds like a romantic line but when you break down what is being said there it's not really romantic I can make a perfect likeness of your body means I know you so well, I could do it with my eyes closed. I could do it without having to think, think about it. I, I know every, every part of you. If I trace or if the lights are turned off, so I don't have to see what I've done to uh, you. I can still do what I want with you, but I'm going to take it back to the other part of it. If I trace, I can't, I can't make a perfect likeness of your body. I don't know you as well as I sit here and pretend that I'd know you. I can really only make a perfect likeness of you if I'm tracing it, if you're right there. I have to have you right there, though, because I don't know you as well as I pretend to. Hmm. 
Yeah, I saw somebody comment about that too. And I thought that was an interesting take. Like that's again, a very interesting um, perspective on it. Um, I see the controlling thing sure. that you were saying too with the with the like I I can control you with your body and and mm. wow. I mean, like I I I think of that in comparison to a song because that line, the first time I heard your body is a wonderland, I was like, oh my God, I can make a perfect likeness of your body if I should wait. Mm. There's so like that one is sexy. That one is hot. Yeah. yeah. And this one is disturbing. Yes. And it's meant to be. That's that's the background music that goes with it. Like But that kind of goes to show the difference in that same imagery mm -hmm. of, you know, tracing I want to trace every, you know, part of your body with because I, you know, like it's the imagery of the 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 tracing your body in the dark mm -hmm. and wanting to I wanna kiss you all over <laughs> uh, Graham. Uh that is it. It's that beautiful, like romantic, and it's the kind of disturbing. Ah, I don't know. It's hard for me to wrap my head around and that dichotomy. <laughs> because you think, oh, you know, sexy time, but this, I don't think. Not I, this it, one. It's more of a power, a power um, dynamic than it is a romantic dynamic, in my opinion. But she sees it or whoever the the submissive one is in here in the story whether it's male or female sees it as romantic mm -hmm. i think not romantic but he loves me yes yeah i can see that <laughs> you concede i can see <laughs> sort of <laughs> um do we have any more to add about this it makes me cry. I'm like just thinking about some of those lines right now. And it, every like the yeah. first time I heard it, I nearly bawled. I was like, yeah. what the hell is this song? Um, I don't know if it's the instrumentation, the mood, like Betsy said, the 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 what what was your word? The um Do you mean uh, more than it, the <laughs> oh, the, oh the definition. Definition. Yeah, yeah, like there's just such yeah. it's such a meaty, amazing uh, journey musically, I think. And that's, there are some of those songs that just hit you and you're like, holy shit. Even if you've never experienced something like there's something about this song that I think just gets into your psyche, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Did you guys ever get the feeling at the end when he just keeps not with the outro, the way they, the way the bass is kind of supporting and, and making things flow in the drums, it feels kind of like either you're in a car that's going kind of fast or like flying or, or something. It, it has this kind of motion to it mm. that he's like, they're trying to like, I don't know, like move on or like some sort of path forward. I don't know. Though it's just the, it's just the, the rhythm section of it is, is like, trying to it feels like it's trying to move away hmm. from the rest of the song in terms of like yeah which, i mean you wouldn't want to stay stagnant in something unpleasant like that so maybe that's maybe that's how they chose to end it because they didn't want to have us all 
cutting our wrists or anything. <laughs> <laughs> Although they've wrote, written deep dark songs before, so right. But but there is yeah. a driving quality to that. I there mean, is a yeah, driving through certain parts. Yeah. I would say it, it does allow it to slow down at, at times, but at the mm -hmm. end, it definitely feels like it's pushing, pushing through. Not in a Even bad way. Yeah, I think the tempo is kind of the same, but just just the instrumentation of it makes it feel different. Yeah, and the way that like the 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 drums are played with um, brushes through this, so it, yeah. it kind of also relates to the jazz feel of that like more jazz improv kind of ending, um, where it's shuffling, like he's got the brushes going, which is kind of like. Which often when we use brushes on snare, especially in um, in like it kind of moves it forward. There's a forward movement, which is reminiscent of like a train. I was going to say actually riding a horse. Or me. a horse. Yeah, it's very, uh, it's very yeah, rhythmic, but it's forward. It's, like uh, a, it, yeah. and it keeps that chugging along and very reminiscent of this relationship just keeps moving. It's it's just it continues to go in this direction um and there's no real turning back you're 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 you can't go back to what you were before um and you're not sure where it's going either mm -hmm. like you're just on this ride wondering what you're powerless. is yeah. yeah you're powerless right man that was deep episode happy bnl song <laughs> Right. How, did you yeah. guys have a chance to listen to the other versions of this song? I listened to the bathroom sessions one. Um, that one was a little different because you don't have all of the magic. Not magic. That's not the word I'm looking for. But that whole, not aura, but um, it's, it's aesthetic. A more, yeah. Yeah. More I, I, there's a word for that. <laughs> there's, there's a word for that. that. It's very bare, though, because it is just, I mean, you get to hear the wonderful, the wonderful picking <laughs> that Ed is doing. Yeah. But there's, you're missing the harmonies that are just really adding that sadness. You're missing all the background ambiance. I really love the effects that the live from home version had on his guitar. Believe we're all in a liquor. Do you think that you would love me till tomorrow? If you could, would you please turn down the radio so we can speak? That was gorgeous mm, the I like did. echoey almost, guitar yeah yeah it almost well it, it kind of supplemented kind of the harmonies that weren't there but i still i would prefer more vocal harmonies over more like you know guitar stylings but that was really really beautiful yeah i mean if you're gonna have if you're not gonna have the harmonies there you have to do something interesting with it Oh, yeah. And what he did with that guitar really was amazing. He, he's yeah. so, I, I say this over and over and over again, but I believe that Ed Robertson is one of the most underrated guitar players. Like he's never in the conversation of great guitar players. And he's just like some of his, yeah. his technique is just mind boggling to me. Mm. Like, but when Steven was playing it live from home, like the, you know what? It felt, 
an effect? It had. Yeah, it was an effect. I think it was a a, a pedal. Um, yeah. But like, it made it sound like Dire Straits to me. It had. It definitely had that. Um... Oh yeah, I can, I can, I can see that. I concede. <laughs> Which is a neat way to go if you're gonna and and he also did something different with the bridge and the outro. When it was because of that, where he had just the effect, but he also played it differently. Um, or maybe he played it the same, but you could actually hear it better because there were no other instruments. But it was just that I loved the outro and bridge in that version. Mm, yeah. Um, the Variety Sessions version is um, one and a half minutes shorter. Um, and that's because it's actually a little bit faster. I'd say it's about one and a quarter faster. Do you believe we are all innately good? Do you think that you would love me till tomorrow if you could? Um, and it's stripped down, so there's a lot less instruments. And also they cut out all the horns, so it just ends with the drums at the end of that. Yeah, I, I want that outro back. <laughs> yeah. And that's a, the, the radio edit version? Yeah. Uh, I would never listen yeah. to that version. I <laughs> know. Not if I had a choice. Never again. I've done it. Done over never with. <laughs> Been there, done that. Well, guys, should we give a rating to this? I'm trying to think what a good a good rating system would be for this. A good meter, um, mm. not too morbid. Arms? <laughs> How many arms? It sounds like low hanging. Fruit, How many? Uh, yeah, sessions. <laughs> because you concede. So, how many? How many concessions? concessions? Okay. Hmm. People think of concessions differently with that, though. Yeah. <laughs> how many snacks are we going to give this? How many flugelhorns? Oh, yeah. I love a flugelhorn. Well, I'll we go with that. We don't flugelhorn these days. Yeah, I... Let's give the flugelhorn some recognition. All give right. the flugelhorn some love. <laughs> let's give this how many flugelhorns and or bassoons, because you don't hear bassoons in rock music very often. No, you do not. Yeah. Um, how many flugelhorns or bassoons do you give this? And I'm going to start with you, Heidi. 
This song is by far a five for me. Um, wow. I already kind of went into many, many details as why to as to why, but again, what a departure from this is where we first really start to see Brian Wilson. Yes, but Brian Wilson is still quirky in a way. Um, in the pop culture references and the 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 wordplay in Brian Wilson with you know the. Um, Dr. Landy and um, um, oh um, Pavla, like there's so many things in there that are very that are that are serious, but still it is still quirky. <laughs> this is where we first really hear them getting serious, and it is it is disturb. Like I said, I have so many. I've already said all of the reasons, but this is a five for me. Five flugelhorns because it has a flugelhorn and a bassoon. <laughs> <laughs> From a band geek, that's like, and it's got enough food, it's got a kibasa, and it's got a monkey. <laughs> like, for a band geek, this is like a treasure trove of a cornucopia of musical amazingness. So, yes, for me, it's a five. Uh, Betsy, how about you? Um, I think for me, it's it can be like a difficult song to listen to emotionally but it's very beautiful and it's very well done. And the layering of the harmonies and like you said, Heidi, with all the extra instruments brought in, um, it, it evokes a lot of feelings. Uh, so it's, it's, I mean, obviously that takes skill and a good mus musician to do that. So do I score it based on how well they evoke those feelings or how it makes me feel? I don't know. Um, so eh, it's it's not on a playlist of mine because it, it kind of bumps me out. <laughs> <laughs> Unless I have like a bum out playlist. Um, so I think mm, I don't I don't want to like you know, punish the song for, for bumming me out because it is really good. Um, but that being said, it's not everything I come to be an L for. I usually, there's some <laughs> element of humor or something I come for too. Um, but it is a gorgeous song. So I think I'd give it a 4.2. Okay. All right. 4.2. And I, I agree with you, Betsy. I struggled with that when it came to um, the flag way back when, when yeah. I was discussing the flag. Like, is it something I listen to often? No, I don't search it out, but it is gorgeous and it evokes every single emotion that it's meant to evoke. Like, mm -hmm. how do you rate a song that does that, but the, the emotion <laughs> really is messy. making you feel bad? <laughs> um. And, and the, I struggle with that as well. Like when uh, this song doesn't hold a special place in my heart. Um, and I forgot how much I enjoy listening to this song until I listen to it. And I mean, it's, it's a beautiful ballad, um, a very melancholic ballad. Um, mm. And I, I don't think like I was like, before I listened to it this week, I was considering, well, should it just, when we reorder this, should I just take the song off the list and, and put something else in? Like, should I get it off the album? And then I listened to it the first time this week and every time after that. And I'm like, why would I even consider that? And I think it's, 
I think the melancholy and and the emotions that it uh that it evokes for me makes me forget about this song when, and how powerful it is until I listen to it. And because of that, it's just it's too important. I could never get it. I could never take it off this album. Um, and the harmonies are just, it's what does it for me. Like I could listen to this song a million times because of the harmonies in this song. Um, I have to give it a 4.81. Oh, wow. All right. I'm the hater. That's, that's not bad. I mean, 4.2 is not really a hater. <laughs> Um, and, and you can't be convicted for that. Nah. <laughs> Unlike the wrong man who was convicted. Yeah, exactly. Right? Thank you. Oh, yeah. right. <laughs> I didn't even have the sheet in front of me. That was good, though. That was excellent. This is another song nice next week. Ryan. That I, uh... You led the horse to water and I drank. <laughs> um, I, I really, I can't say that i like this next song next week and that i think about it often either so we'll have to see if i feel differently after i've listened to it a few times <laughs> yeah same here <laughs> wait i'm confused <laughs> what are you looking up we stumped heidi I... yeah i'm like wait what's next week the wrong man was convicted. Oh, oh my God, Betsy! <laughs> Betsy got me this time. I was like, "Oh yeah, we already did that." Song. No, oh my, the wrong man was convicted. <laughs> the wrong man lies beside you and waits for you there to you wake. I love that. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. 
and why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 